Let it flow not from what you feel, but let it flow from the depths of a soul, from the depths of a heart that is thankful, that is grateful. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Ha, ha, ha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, just respond right now. He's trying to speak life to some dry bones in your life. There's some things that, that the enemy has has killed and he's trying to resurrect some things in your life right now. Oh, yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Dry bones. Awaken. Oh, ever truly allow the things of God that he has given us to truly awaken fully in our lives, we would be unstoppable. Amen? <laughs> because with God, all things are possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. the Lord a hand clap of praise right now. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to go ahead and dismiss our kids' city, go on to their class. Amen. Now, as they're going, I want you to turn around and greet somebody. Tell them how glad you are that they're here. Amen.
your word goes forth in truth, there will be a response within our lives, each individual instance, that your word will spark life, that your word will speak life to death, that your word will cause a stirring, that as your word goes forth, your spirit will move in operation of the word within every mind, with every heart, and within every life. And I pray, God, as that stirring happens, as that troubling of the waters takes place within each life, as your word is going forth, I pray you give us the courage to respond. In Jesus' name. good to see all of you here. So glad that you're here this morning. I hope that you have been blessed. I pray it's given us a chance to hear what it's today. We've had it planned for a little while. more than I ever imagined. We see them and it's like, okay, we're good. Everybody good? just finished at the end of chapter 5, we're going to read the last few verses of chapter 5, they had just finished uh, decorating. Anybody ever buy a new house, move into a new house, it's new to you, it may not be new construction-wise, but it's new to you, and isn't there all this excitement when you move into a new house? Um, why? Because you walk in and it's empty, and you're like, oh. All of these things start, at least the women, um, guys, we walk in there like walls are painted, you know, they're, 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 the furniture ain't even 
women walk in like, I can do this here and I can do this. And they start decorating the place, right? Even before one stitch of furniture is in there, they know exactly. And it just, it's like a, just this image of what they want to just begins to play out in their life. And they get all excited and I think I need furniture. I think I need pictures and all this stuff. And I got Kristen as a, We get excited. Well, what was happening in chapter 5 was Solomon had just, they had just finished building the temple. See, Solomon was the one that built the temple. David couldn't build the temple. Um, he tried, but he, he, he couldn't because he, the Lord told him, you've got, you're a man of war. You've got too much blood on your hands. Um, and your son, Solomon, is going to be the one that builds the temple. So Solomon comes in and he builds the temple. And then they start bringing in all the gold furniture silver furniture and all the bronze and brass furnitures and they start putting them in place in chapter 5 and they're decorating this temple and then the last the last thing that they come in is the ark of the covenant and they bring in the ark of the covenant and they place it in the most holy place the holy of holies uh, set in the temple and they put it under the cherubim the the two outstretched wings of the cherubim angels that are overstretched and overshadowing and covering the place that was designated for the Ark of the Covenant. And so they bring it in and they place it in place. And so we pick up right after they have set the Ark of the Covenant with its poles and everything in place. And verse 11 says, And when the priests came out of the holy place, for all the priests were, were, who were present consecrated themselves without regard to their divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Haman, and Jeduthun, their sons and kinsmen arrayed in fine linen, cymbals, harps, and lyres, stood east of the altar with a hundred and twenty priests who were trumpeters. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised with trumpets, cymbals, and other musical instruments, in praise to the Lord, and this is their song, exactly what we sang this morning. For he is good, his mercy endures forever. For he is good, and his mercy endures forever. The house, the house of the Lord. I like that. I like he repeats himself. He says, the house. Then he says, you know what, I better clarify what the house is. The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud of fire. Verse 14, so that the priests could not stand together because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. The glory of the Lord filled the house of God. So we see in verse 11 that the priests coming out of the holy place. As I began to read that, I wondered, why is, have you ever read parts of the Bible and you wondered, why are certain things notated? Like, why is that significant? I don't know. I, I mean, certain like small things will intrigue me. Some usually intrigue. I'm like, I'm usually distracted. I'm usually intrigued. That's why when I preach, I walk away from my notes and chase rabbits. Chase rabbits, but I'm like, Rebecca, I'm 
So, uh, I wondered what what was the meaning of that? Why why did they notate or note that they they walked out of time? And I realized uh, as I was doing a little bit of studying, reading some commentary about it, um, that there was a a method to this. There was a practice to this. There was sacrifices made, and there were things that were done that were ritualistic or traditional, but in order for God to move, they walk out of the holy place in order to give possession of that place back to the people. Because after all, they came from the house of the Lord. And by the priest walking out, they were giving possession of it for God to fill that place. And it made me think of our lives made me think of how our lives are, because what does it say, what did Paul write to the church in Corinth? He says, do you not realize that your bodies are what? The temples of the Holy Spirit, right? Our bodies are the house or the vessel of God, our bodies. And so if we associate our lives as we associate what the Old Testament lays down as a foundation for our lives, we realize that there is a need for us to give way for God. Right? We have to give way. If you buy new furniture, what do you have to do with the old furniture? You have to get rid of it, right? You don't bring in new furniture and still keep the old furniture right behind you kind of crowds things up, doesn't it? It clogs up the process. Amen. you got to get rid of it. And and the thing is, this is, this just stuck with me, and it, and it, and it kind of, we come to church, and life attaches all these things. I've said it before. Have you ever taken a snowball? And you get like, I've never, when I lived in the Northeast, we got pretty good snow. But Tennessee, we got a few, right? But have you ever got a like a light dusting of snow? And and you get like we we around here, you know, we get like three inches that it goes down. Um, and, and you ever take a snowball, and the snowball is clean, but when you roll it down a hill to try and make it bigger, what does it do? If there's not enough snow, starts picking up dirt, starts picking up little sticks. And you pick up this snowball that you're going to use for a, for a snowman's head, and it looks like it's got the noose on it, right? And it looks, it looks like there's le- it's got leprosy or something. And it's all dirty and nasty. That's what our lives are. Our lives, as we go through our day, every single day, we just pick up stuff gets attached to us. Things come on, and, and sometimes we're like magnet, magnets to things, and they just attach themselves to us. And, we're, and we wonder why we get weary. We wonder why we get down and, and frustrated and depressed and oppressed. And it's because we are just constantly dealing with things that attach themselves to us during the normal ritual process of life. That's why this, what we do here, is so necessary. 
when we come in here, if you ever walk into church and the worship is going on, given us in the in its proper place like they did in Arkansas and we put him at the center of our life and then we say okay and we give way to everything that's in us to him we clear it out we open the doors we shove it out and we open and we present him an, a, a, an empty vessel we present him a clean house we present him a clean vessel a temple that is holy a temple that is cleaned out and pure before him so that he will come in and dwell and fill the house of the Lord again. But we've got to make sure that we're giving him possession. Worship plays a part of that too. The, word, the preaching of the word plays a part of that. Prayer plays a part of that. Amen. We've got to make sure that we're giving him possession. Because fill every facet of our life with the things of God, right? So when we come to church, a lot of times we're not inward, we're just getting the emotions out. Well, I want to preach this, I want to preach that. Well, one, in worship. The power of our worship is letting everything way to the rightful owner of our life. Amen? I want, I want, I want you to get that. I want, you, I want to say that again. The power of our worship is in the letting everything else give way to the rightful owner of the temple. Because he said, this body is not ours. You are not your own. That's what Paul told the church at Corinth. Because the church at Corinth was very proud of who they were. They were very religious. They, they could prophesy and they could speak in tongues and they could do all this stuff. And they were very proud of the things they did. And Paul said, none of that is, is you just have to realize that your body is not about things. Your body is about who is the ownership, who has the ownership. And worship is about giving him ownership all over again so that he could possess what he created. Amen. So that's the power of our worship. So I, I, as I read through this, these few verses here in Second Chronicles, I asked this, this question, what caused the glory of the Lord to fill the world? Was it the song that he is good, his steadfast love endures, that he is good? mercy is everlasting. That's a good question, but I like it because it's simple. You don't have a, a lot of words that you have to memorize. 
came Jesus. And, and so uh, it has a lot of words, and so words sometimes get jumbled up. And it, so when I like this song, for he is good and his mercy is everlasting. And that's a, that's a good song, but I don't believe it was necessarily the words of the song that caused the temple to be filled with the glory of the Lord. Was it the instruments that they were playing? Did they play in just the right tune, in just the right key? Was everybody in the right key? Was everything playing just right? I don't know that. But even if it was, I, I, don't, I don't think that was why the glory came. Was it the furnishings in the temple? No, I don't think that was the reason. I believe what caused the glory of the Lord to fill that temple Exactly the same reason why the rushing mighty winds came and took the temple away. Acts 1.14 tells us that they all continued with one accord. Now, accord means together. Accord means one purpose, one passion. And then in chapter 2, it says when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. So you have one accord in one place and worship being made. And then in verse 2, it says, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a rushing, mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Second Chronicles chapter 5, it said, and it was the duty of the trumpeters and the singers to make themselves heard in unison. Unison in praise, unison in thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised and the trumpet and the cymbals and the other musical instruments in praise to the Lord, when they began to sing that song, the house was filled with a sound. And the priest could not stand in the, in, in, stand in the temple to minister because the cloud was so thick for the glory of the Lord filled the house where they were sitting. It's the same. The glory of God filled the temple of God because the people of God sent up one sound of worship. Unison, harmony, accord, one place, unison, Harmony, accord, one sound, one place, one purpose, one focus, one God, one name. <laughs> I tell you, there's power when we get connected. There's power when our worship is united. There's power when, when we begin to magnify him in one mind, in one accord, in one harmony, in one unity, in one place. Responds and he moves. It is the unity and the harmony of our worship that opens the door for an atmosphere change in our lives. You ever wonder why the enemy fights in tent homes? You ever wonder? Shots shot in tent homes. Um, because this is the deal. You can, um, in this crowd sitting here today, I'm not saying anybody, I'm, I'm saying there's, 
there's probably somebody in this house that you got to about your job. They got to church today, and they sat down, and the songs were singing, and everybody was playing, and all of a sudden, something popped in their head about lunch. Or there, or, or something popped in their mind about Monday. And in this section here, you sat down, the worship started, and you're like, and then all of a sudden, this thought flew into your brain, and you're like, And, and a thought, and so, and then in this section over here, uh, all of a sudden, you haven't thought about it for three days. All of a sudden, you know, a thought crosses that. I need to have Why is it when you come to church and you go all week and you don't think about this, but you come to church and you sit down and the worship or the word's going forth and you look down and you're like, oh, I need to fix my fingernails. You haven't thought about your fingernails for three days. All of a sudden, when you get into church, your fingernails are the highest priority of your time in that moment. Hopefully not your toenails. Leave your toenails alone. You'll get better. Get better. It hurts. It's about distraction. It's about focus. My daughter, London, she deals with focus. sitting there and have something in front of her, but if there is a lot of things going on around her, that she has a hard time focusing. Some of us are like that too. We have a hard time focusing. You wonder why they put blinders on horses, especially racing horses. You know why? Because they don't want that horse to get distracted with the other horses that are on its left and its right. See, there's times where we need spiritual so that all we focus on is him. All we see is him. All we know is him. It'll help us. And so if you get in a group like this and you've got some over here that are, you know, they're thinking about this, and there's somebody over here, and somebody, and it, and it, but inevitably, there's there's two or three or four or five in the room that their mind is focused, and their heart is engaged, and it's not just going through the motions of worship with our mind on lunch, and what's in the crock pot, and what work is going to hold on Monday, and what's going to happen next week, and, and, and the Outward motions are there, but the mind is not engaged because the mind is distracted. But in a group like this, I'm sure there's there's two or three or four that are connected, and the mind and the heart are focused. And, and, and what happens is that allows there to be a response from heaven. You know why? Because he's bound by his word. What does his word say? Jesus said in Matthew, he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be in the midst of them. And so what happens is we get two or three or four or five that are that 
they're connecting, not think about anything else but what I'm going to do for an hour and a half that I give to God on a Sunday morning. And we begin to entertain that, and two or three spirits connect to the Holy Spirit, and it begins to flow, and it begins to operate. And Jesus enters the room, and he begins to move, and he begins to flow, and we feel him. And that's why we feel him in this place. But the problem is we settle for just him being in the midst. When we are forfeiting the complete pouring out of ourselves. And the complete covering of his presence. That's what happens. See, there's another connection in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 and chapter 2. Because you know how many priests were in the holy place? Guess what? Hundreds and hundreds. You know how many of them there were? Hundreds and hundreds. Would you like a drink of this? That kind of holy presence. But you see, I wonder what every single person in this place get their mind, their heart, their body, soul, and spirit and get it absolutely engaged and connected. Not thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow or this afternoon or anything else, but we get it all in tune and we come into perfect harmony and we come into perfect unity of mind, body, soul, and spirit and we worship him as one and we make one sound of worship in one place, in all in one accord, I'll tell you what will happen. Because we have a precedent set in Second Chronicles and Acts chapter 2. I tell you, it'll sound like a rushing mighty wind. It'll feel like an intense cloud that settles into the room. And the glory of, his, of God will fill this place in such a way that the minister won't have to minister. Because the Holy Ghost will be ministering in people's lives and people's hearts. And in that atmosphere, miracles happen instantly. In that atmosphere, healings take place. In that atmosphere, promises are released. Things begin to happen and your lives are forever changed in that moment. When we come as one in worship. one in worship. That's why the enemy you know why he don't fight you when you're on Saturday afternoon and you're in a gym that stinks and that is hot and you're watching your daughter play volleyball? You know why you can sit there for 50 minutes and watch third graders hit the ball all over the gym except over the net? And not lose one ounce of focus. You know why? Because the enemy is not threatened by the volleyball game. You know why on Sunday afternoon you can eat lunch and you can sit down in your recliner or on your couch. You can turn on the TV and you can watch a football game or a baseball game and not even have to get up to go to the restroom for three and a half hours. You know why? 
and you're not distracted by anything, even your wife screaming at you that when dinner's ready, nothing distracts you. You're laser focused. You know why? Because the enemy is not threatened by that football game. There's no threat there. But the moment you walk into church, the battle of the mind rages like World War III. An atom bomb of distractions goes off in your brain. And every crazy thought and every to-do list item that you didn't get done for the past three months comes rushing into your brain. Holy Ghost is moving. Don't get emotional that we're not mentally and we're talking about eternity. We're not engaged because you know why? He's so you don't understand. It's because this the atmosphere of worship of united ever get in one mind and one heart, and they ever get all connected to the same vine that flows to heaven, he says, I'm in deep trouble. Because, you see, when the glory of the Lord begins to fall, I want him, I don't want to settle for the mist of the Lord. I want the full glory cloud of his Shekinah glory. I don't want to settle for just a little bit of God. I don't want to settle for just ankle water of the Holy Spirit. I want waters I can swim in. I want the deep things of God. I want the operation of his spirit. You know why? Because miracles happen in that atmosphere. Hurts are healed. Wounds disappear in that type of atmosphere. Because he knows what he's doing. Because he knows you can't be emotional and be excited. You can't allow that to become your worship. If that this physical also to fill this one, to fill this one. Let's not think that God is not still on the throne. Because there, like I said it in the past, there's one thing that needs to be in your mind. That if you'll contend with the power of darkness, that's what he fears more than he fears my preaching, more than he fears our singing, more than he fears anything else. He knows if you get connected to the power of his spirit like you've never known before, he said that that, that is an atmosphere he cannot dwell in. You want to get rid of the enemy? 
you get together with people and you get in one mind and one accord and you get in unity of worship and you get everything else out of the way. Give way to every thought. Give way to the checkbook and the fingernails and lunch and everything else. And you say, God, for 30 minutes, for an hour, for an hour and a half, I'm going to connect everything that I am to you and I'm going to worship you and I'm going to I'm going to put my focus on you and you alone you allow that to happen with a group of people that happen that, that is in this place you don't just change this atmosphere you're going to change the atmosphere of this place get our mind clear of everything else of this life and say just for a moment I'm going to get everything in alignment with you Lord and I'm going to get everything out of my mind and I'm going to focus on you that will allow God to move and possess and fill and, 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 and come in like a rushing mighty wind and in that moment the enemy realizes okay I have no more singing in one note, different voices making one sound, one note. It's almost like a concert in, in, a, in a great hall and under the direction of a, of a concert master that directs every instrument, though a different sound, there's one, one, one pitch that comes out of that sound and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit blends together every line. See, I don't have to. I don't have to have the same background as you to make the same sound of worship. 
I, I, we don't have to have similar things going on in our life. And we don't have to look alike or dress alike or think alike to come together and make a one sound of worship and have the glory of the Lord fall in this place in such a way that lives are forever changed. Because the Holy Spirit moves and begins to operate and he begins to blow into the land, he can't come out of it. He comes and because he knows if, if, if he can win the war of the mind, he'll win the war of the heart. So we'll build your heart up and our minds are set on him. We're responsible to him. Malachi wrote about this. He said, behold, I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. The Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's oil. He is a refiner's fire. That's why he said, that's why John the Baptist said, I come preaching baptism unto repentance. He said, but there's one coming who's going to baptize you with fire. The response of God when his people come together in one mind, in one accord, realize we worship heaven above here on earth. It is the temple where our Every distracting thought be gone right now in Jesus' name. Clear my mind and my heart. And help my focus sink beyond me. In the name of Jesus, every mind and every heart and every body that is in this place, in this building right now, I pray that our minds be clear. Every distracting thought be cast out. 
of every distracting and hindering thought. And God, that we will, for the next few minutes, that we'll set our heart and our mind and our focus and our attention on you alone. So if your mind is clear enough and all your focus is on is Him, nothing else, I wonder if you would lift your hands and begin to lift your voice and just begin to magnify Him. Let it come from a clarity of heart. Oh, yes. Yes. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice. Don't be afraid to let your voice be heard. Hallelujah. Lord, I give you everything. Ah. Oh, yes. Come on, that's it. Oh, yes. Yes. Ah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't stop. Everything, God, but you. Everything out, God, fill my life. Fill my heart. Fill this place right now. One sound. One voice. One worship to one God. To one name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, I feel the atmosphere changing right now. I feel the atmosphere changing right now. And I'm not just saying that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. In the name of the Lord. Oh, that's it. Yes, God. I give it all to you. I give it all to you. Not just my motions, not my... God. But my heart, my strength, my might, my mind, oh, I release it right now all over this place. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, yes. Yes. The enemy's going to try to fight you, but fight through it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you. I rebuke every distracting thought right now. I take authority over our minds. Lord, in your precious name, in your precious name, I release healing power in this place. Let your Shekinah glory fall in this place right now. In the name of Jesus. One sound. One worship.
Don't settle for the mist of his spirit. Settle. Let's allow his Shekinah glory to fill your life, to fill this place. Hallelujah. If you want to step out and make your way up to this front, I invite you to step out right now. Oh, yes. I just want to be with you. Lord, I bow in your presence. I bow in your presence. Let his healing power flow right now. Receive his healing in this moment.
few moments, the only sound to be heard is the worship from this place. No music, just the voice. Just begin to worship him right now.
yourself from the very beginning of this day. God, we we're grateful. Oh, that your glory has fallen in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you honor tonight. We worship you.